Hey, I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Big Valley Grace, especially if this is your first time with us. Welcome to all of you that are watching online and a special greeting to all of you over in our series campus. Uh, excited about what's happening uh, in series. In fact, I'm going to talk about you guys here in just a, a, a little bit. Um, really, really, I'm glad you're here. I know if you're a member of this church, you, you, got, a, you got a video from me this week. <laughs> I, I literally, until the moment I walked out here, man, I've been answering phone calls and texts and, and, and stuff. And anyway, I'm glad you're here. And, and in a little bit, you, you, I'll, I'll kind of make this, um, hopefully all make sense. If you are visiting, if this is your very first time with us, um, we're going to have kind of a, a family time. You get to enter into something I think is pretty, pretty special because we tend to uh, think of ourselves here at Big Valley Grace as a, a family. And one of the things we always do is we always start with the Word of God. And so if you have a Bible, I want you to open it up to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to lay a foundation for you, okay? Um, I, I, I thought a lot of, about this over the last, I don't know, couple of months, really, and uh, I want to share with you um, a couple of things that kind of will tell you a little bit about me and, and how I tend to look at things, how I view things, and, and I've got a, a few verses that I want to share with you. Now, I could have done a whole lot of them. I had to kind of boil it down to these five, and it'll tell you a little bit about how I, I, I see things. And, and the first thing I, I want you to understand about me is this, this idea that the Bible says that I, I was created in the image of God. And I can remember um, back 40 years ago when I learned this truth about me. The Bible says in Genesis 1, 26, verse 26, there's this moment where it says, then God said, let us, and there you see the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit together. You see the, the Holy Trinity together, the us, perfect love, perfect harmony, perfect unity, and there they are, let us make man or women in our image according to our likeness. And I had grown up just thinking that, you know, I don't know, two molecules got together a billion years ago and here I, here I was. I, I, I literally had grown up thinking that I was just kind of educated goo. <laughs> I was, you know, just a little higher up the evolutionary chain than say an orangutan. That, that's what I was taught. My, my teachers taught me that. And like every good student, I believed what my teachers taught me. And so I was just a chance meeting maybe of two molecules that bumped into each other a billion years ago, and here I am. And then there came this moment when, you know, the, the preacher had us open to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, and whoa, wait a minute. Hold on here. 
I learned a new truth that I'd never known before about me. That I, I wasn't educated goo. I wasn't a random, you know, two molecules bumping into each other. I, I wasn't a little higher up the evolutionary chain than a, an orangutan. Wait a minute. I was actually created in the image of God. And so were you. By the way, that, that's what gives our lives uh, dignity. That's what makes human life sacred. We call it the sanctity of human life. It's, it's because we're different than all other life forms, you know. And that is something that really revolutionized my life as a brand new Christian a long, long time ago. This idea that I was created in God's image. But, but, but then there was a, another layer to that. And our brother Paul said this. He said, for we are God's workmanship. Some of your Bibles say we are God's masterpiece. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared. God prepared these good works in advance for us to do. So not only was I created in his image, but God had a, a purpose for my life. I, I was created for a purpose. I'm created in his image, but man, I, I'm God's masterpiece. God has some good things that he wants me to do. And he thought about these good things long before I was ever born. That God has purpose for me. And, and you know, you can look around and you can go, wow, Scott Butler, that, that, that guy was born with a, a purpose. That guy, that guy can just flat out sing. Carlos, God gave him an incredible gift. He can... He can play the, the, the keyboards. Chad, obviously, this guy is really gifted. God, God gave him the gift of being able to play gu guitar. There are people right now that God gifted to hold babies. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that gift. You know, <laughs> it's the way it is, man. Obviously, I have the, the, the gift of teaching, preaching. Most of you here probably know what Maybe one or two of the gifts are that God gave you. If you don't, boy, you got to discover that. Because not only were you created in the image of God, but he created you with an incredible uh, 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 purpose. Now, now I'm going to take it now a, a, a little bit, you know, we're going to bring this, this, land this plane here on something here in a minute. But all of us were created with some something that God wants us all to do. The Bible says in Acts chapter one, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. So not only was I created in God's image, and not only was I created with purpose, but this is one of the purposes that all of us were created for, is that we would be God's mouthpieces. That God wants us to be the ones who would tell the world about him. 
And I can remember early on in my Christian life here at Big Valley Grace, I, I hadn't known the Lord very long, and we had a ministry here called uh, Evangelism Explosion. And basically, you know, you, you met on Tuesday nights, you had to memorize like the whole Bible like every week, it was crazy. And then you literally got, went and got in cars and you went into people's homes and met with them and talked with them. You, you went to laundromats and actually had conversations with people about spiritual uh, things. It was really something that I, I enjoyed a lot. Because, because I, I knew I was created to be a mouthpiece for God. You see, the, the world can look at, you know, uh, Yosemite, El Capitan, and go, whoa, man, there, there just had to be a God who created that. The, the, the world can look at a Gerber daisy and go, whoa, man, that's just unbelievably beautiful. Somebody had to have created it. We can look at the stars, and we can look at just a human life, look at an eyeball and go, whoa, there had to be something very intelligent, if you will, that put it all together. But El Capitan, you know, or a Gerber Daisy or your eyeball can't be a mouthpiece for God. Only we can do that. We're the ones who are supposed to actually talk about God. That's why he puts, one of the reasons why he puts his Holy Spirit in us. That we would have the power to go talk about the things of, of God. But I, I made this next one, and instead of calling it four, I just called the first one 3A and this one's 3B and, and that was this. Not only was I created to be a mouthpiece for God, but I was also created to be light you know, and salt in the, in, in the world. Matthew chapter five, Jesus says this to his followers. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by men. Go to the next verse. You, you, you are the, the, the light of the world, Jesus said. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a, a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. That, that, that's great imagery, isn't it? That Jesus says, hey, look, not only did you know, I create you in, in my image, not only have I given you a purpose, not only do I want you to be my mouthpieces, but look, you're to be salt and light out there in the world. The world's a, a dark place. And some places in our world are, are darker than others. And, and Jesus says, I want you to go be a light. Get out there, go be light in this dark world. This is a good thing that we gather like this and, and sing together and worship together and bring our gifts together and hear the word together. This is a great thing. But Jesus wants us to get up out of these chairs and go out there to dark places and be light. And, and then he says, we're to be salt. And salt is something that helps preserve, you know, meat, if you will. The, the, the world's decaying, literally right before our eyes. 
And Jesus says, look, I want you to go out and and be salt. Yes, I created you in my image, and yes, I have a purpose for your life, but here's the deal. You gotta be my mouthpiece out there. And you you, you gotta be salt and light in those dark places and those decaying places. And then the last verse I'm gonna share with you, there, there, there were actually about 10, but I, I gotta get into the, the, the meat of this thing here in, in a minute. But that is this, because I'm made in his image and because he has purpose planned for me and because he wants me to be his mouthpiece and be salt and light, this last one's really important, that is this, I have nothing to fear, nothing. Paul says this in Romans chapter eight, he says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? If God is for you as an individual, really? Who, who can be against you? If God is for us as a church, who, who could be against us? In other words, how it impacted my life when I learned these things as an early believer was, look, he created me in his image. Before I was ever born, before there was ever the creation of the world, he already had purpose lined up for me. He gave me his Holy Spirit that I would be his mouthpiece, that I would be salt and light, and and here's the deal, what, what do I got to be afraid of? When you go into those dark places, could be, obviously, this isn't a dark place inside the church. I'm talking about when you go to work. I'm talking about when you're, you're out there. What do, you, what do you got to fear, believer? When you're in those places that are decaying, and this isn't one of those places, the, 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 the church is the salt shaker. But when you get out there, what do you have to fear? You had nothing to fear, Christian, nothing. Wherever it is you go, you got nothing to fear because God's for you, and because he's for you, how in the world could anything get to you? can't. And so those were five verses, five things, even though I made the second one, 3A and 3B, five things that have always kind of governed my life. There were things that I learned as a young believer. And so as I, as I got into uh, uh, ministry and I began ministry working in, with children, it was um, short-lived. <laughs> I knew that wasn't my place. I just knew God wanted me to do something. I knew that my sin was great and that if he had spared me, if he had cleansed me, if he had gone through all that agony on a cross for me, you know what, I had to do something. I couldn't just sit in a pew and do nothing. 
And so I started out working with children and that didn't go so well. And then I ended up working with junior hires and that's where I began to find my place. And I knew I had been created to work with young people. There was no doubt about it. And then I started working with high school kids. And uh, before you know it, I was overseeing the entire youth ministry here at Big Valley Grace. And uh, wow, those five things I just shared with you were reoccurring themes that I would teach in the youth ministry. And there are many of you here who were in my youth group who will remember those themes because it had such a great impact on my own life, that you were created by God. You were created with purpose. And part of that purpose is that you would be his mouthpiece. You'd be salt and light. And listen, you got nothing to be afraid of. Nothing. I know it can be kind of scary out there. You get off this parking lot, it can be scary out there. Get it. But you got nothing to, to fear. So, so with this as a, a backdrop, I want to share with you five goals that that I made or I, I set, and they were really around 2015, right, right in that zone. I pulled out some old notes. I had gone through an exercise um, with with some people, and 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 these were things that that I. I thought about as it related to ministry. That had nothing to do with my family. My wife's down here. My oldest daughter and my son-in-law are right, right down here. This had to do with ministry things. And uh, they, they were kind of just between me and, and the Lord, this whole process I kind of went through when I was trying to think through some things. And, you know, when I, uh, in, in 2015, um, I was about 55 years old. I'm almost 59 now, okay? So just kind of keep that in mind. And, and uh, I, w- I was just trying to, I was trying to think through goals for 2021. And that's about 467 days from today. So, so here I was looking when I was 55 at some ministry goals that you know would happen if God would be good when I was 60, okay? Now why 60? What, what, what was so important about that? What, what, why 2021? Well, there were a number of reasons why that date was important, and, and, but I'm gonna give you a couple. One, as I said, I, I turned 60 in 2021. Not that that's old or whatever. I'm still super sharp. I got a super sharp mind. I'm super healthy. So I don't want you to think, you know, oh, you know, what does this guy think, man? Especially if you're over 60 right now. You know, what does this guy think? You're one foot in the grave? No, I'm not saying that. But it is a significant moment. And I was thinking about that moment. Another reason why 2021 was significant is because my youngest son, my youngest child, will be graduating from high school, which means that Aaron and I will be in kind of a new phase of our lives. We'll be, you know, empty nesters, if you will. Not not that your kids don't come back, but you're certainly in another phase of life. So I'm going to be 60. My youngest child will have graduated from high school. 
Aaron and I will be in this new chapter of our lives. I will have been here in ministry at Big Valley Grace for 40 years, 36 of those years as a full-time pastor. Those were were just some of the, the things that I looked at along with this person that was helping me through this exercise. As we looked at 60 at the time I was, I was 55, and, and there were a, a number of things that I had laid out. And for a long time, really nothing happened with them, you know. There they were, and, and there was a number of them. I'm gonna give you five. I'm gonna give you five. Five things. That kind of rattled around in my, in my mind that, man, by the time I'm 60, by the time we get to 2021 or sometime within you know, the year of 2021, God, this, this would be super great. And the first one was um, this idea of planting new, a new church campus. Uh, this was something that the executive team and I had thought about and prayed about for a long time. And... Um, just never seemed to catch any traction. There, 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 there came a moment when I had Pastor Chad, and he was up here playing the guitar. Uh, we have a conference room that used to have a world, the map of the world in it. And I said, hey, I want you to take that map out of there, and I want you to put a map of Stanislaus County up. Do we have that picture? And so that's our conference room, and you can see Stanislaus County there. And uh, imagine me just sitting in a chair, literally just staring at that map of Stanislaus County. I can't tell you how many hours I spent just sitting there looking at Stanislaus County, looking at all the cities within Stanislaus County. The smaller map there on the corner, down in the, in the corner actually has all of uh, uh, zip codes of Modesto broke down. And I just would stare at that map and say, God, you know, what do we do, God? Where do we go? Well, where's the next place that you would have Big Valley Grace touch? We had planted the, 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 the church in, in uh, Oakdale called River Oak Grace. Some of you have been there um, as an amphitheater. That started from Big Valley Grace. I was a youth pastor back then. You go up the 99 and you see Crossroads Grace in Manteca. We started that church too. Um, I, I was also the youth guy back in those days. And I thought, you know, God, where, where is the next place? And then we began to take some, some action steps. You know, we finally landed on Ceres. We began to drive around Ceres praying. We found a, a great location. We put Pastor Joel in charge of the campus. We, we moved to kind of a teaching team approach so that both campuses, you know, would have a, a live uh, uh, preacher. And there's lots of great things happening down at Ceres. In fact, we have a video we made. I want to show it to you right now of what's happening in Ceres.
Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Come on. Some of you, some of you had no idea. You thought there were like three guys in a closet somewhere in Sarah's meeting. But there's like a real church there. We haven't even had our real opening yet. We've just had a few where it's kind of like a soft opening where they're, you know, setting all the stuff up. I mean, it's unbelievable what, what, God's, what, what God's doing there. And that was one of the, 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 the goals. And frankly, uh, some of the executive teams here, we, you know, it just seemed like that wasn't never going to happen. But it finally just caught traction. Now, I just, you know, want to be honest. The, the, the goal that I had set was that we'd actually have, have had open two new campuses. So we got some time, though, Bobby. We got some time. Maybe we could, we could do that. But that was one of the goals that, that I had thought about. The second one was this, is that we would have a greater spiritual impact on Modesto. And this one's a little harder to quantify. I mean, how do you know whether you hit this goal or not? I mean, you, you know whether you started a new church or, or not. I mean, you, you know that. But how do you know you're having a greater spiritual impact on, on Modesto? Um, the deal was is that I, so I looked at that map and just stared at it over and over again. I couldn't help but think, you know, here's this great church here in Modesto. There are a few churches on the planet like, like, like this one. And Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12. He said, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. And there's no doubt about it that for whatever reason, God has given us as a church family much. I mean, just this location on the corner of Tully and Pellendale is just crazy, right? When you look at this tool, this building we have, or all the buildings we have, you just go, whoa. You look at the, the land that we have to think and dream about, and that's just crazy. When you look at all of the, the shekels that God has entrusted to us, we, we have a huge responsibility just a, a, a huge responsibility because God has, has given us much. And one of the things I, I, I think is in terms of an action step was a number of years ago, we had this idea of the, the three C's. And it was more of an internal thing than it was something that was external. So we as the staff would talk about this. And the three C's were basically this that we would be a church that really cared about our own family, that, that, that nobody would out-care us. I say all the time that one of the great things about caring about people is that it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. But it wasn't that we would just care about ourselves. And, and the Bible is, is pretty clear that you got to take care of your own. And we want to do all we can to take care of our own. If you're a part of this family, we want to do all we can to care about you. But we also had to care about other churches or other, or other brothers and sisters who live in, in Modesto who aren't, uh, they don't have the resources that we have here. And so there have been a lot of things that we have done as a church to go, wow, how can we help churches that are in different parts of our city? They're reaching a group of people that we just can't reach because maybe where we're located, 
They're our brothers and sisters, and they're doing great things for God. They're about the Father's business. They just don't have some of the resources that we have. And so we began to partner with a lot of churches. You know, we take our Christmas offering here, which is well over $100,000 every year, and it goes on top of all of our local reach dollars, and it goes to help churches. There are churches that didn't have the money to purchase the land that they're on to build their buildings, and we were involved in helping them with their down payments. We've, we've painted, given money for painting of buildings and putting new windows in. We put a brand new ch- uh, roof on a, on a church. There's a lot of things that we've done for other churches because we need to care about them because they're our brothers and sisters in the Lord, you see? They may not come to church here, and we may not go to church there, but we've got to care about them. One of the things we often do, I would say probably nine times out of ten times when we gather for prayer before our, 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 we meet in here or on Sunday mornings is we always pray for other churches. We pray for what's happening in their churches that morning or the next day. We pray for their preachers by name. One of the things that my wife and I like to do is when I'm off and you don't see me here, we're at another church in our city. Some of them are big churches, some of them are small churches, but they're all my brothers and sisters in the Lord and I know the pastors and I'll text them and say, hey, listen, we're gonna come to you know, church this weekend, looking forward to fellowshipping with you and it's just a joy to be there. It's an encouragement I know for them. And the third C was we got to care about the lost. Yeah, we got to care about the believers in our town, but we need to care about the lost. Got to have a heart for those that 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 you know don't know uh, the Lord. Now, n- number three or the third goal, goal was we needed a, a new youth building. We had this seventeen thousand square feet of portables that was falling apart, and we would sit in elder board meetings for I don't know how long. And, uh, or the executive team, and we'd go, man, you know, uh, we've got these buildings that are falling apart, and we've got to do something. You know, another month would go by, hey, we've got these buildings out here, you know, they're falling apart, we're going to have to do something with them. And, you know, five months later, hey, we've got these buildings out there, they're falling apart, we're going to have to do something with them, you know. Part of it was just dragging my feet about trying to raise some shekels to do it. And then there just came a moment where we went, okay, we've got to do this. And so we gathered our, our, the action steps where we, we got our building team together, Mark Clatterline sitting down here, and I'm going to introduce you to him here in a, in a minute. And he's on our elder board and, and just said, okay, man, if we're going to put a building up, if we're going to tear these 17,000 square feet of you know, portables down, you know, where are you going to put a building? Where do you, where do you, how do you do that? I don't have a clue. So the building team went and got together and planned and dreamed and brought back a, a, an idea and before you know it, we, we had a plan. We're going to put the building right out here. But before we could do that, you know, we had, to, we had some other stuff we had to do. We had to put a road in and pipes in and cables in and just, you know, gutters and whatever all that stuff is in, you know, just stuff <laughs> that costs a lot of money. Like, really? Where's that money at? We put $3.2 million into that. That's all there, right there, striping on the roads? Come on. And so the Lord was good to us. We raised 3.2 million 
for the first phase, put the roads in, paid the CFD fees, got her all done. Man, it was just unbelievable. And now, in fact, it probably might happen this week, certainly maybe by next week, everything will be done up to this building. We have a, did we get a picture of that out there? I think next week, maybe the week after that, all the, the fencing that's out there will come down, we'll, there'll be new parking out there, and that dirt piece you see right there will now have a fence around it, and that's the pad for the new 17, 18,000 square foot building. And everything has been absolutely paid for. That's about a, over a million dollars worth of work that because of your generosity, has all been paid for. So everything that we've done has been paid for. And when it's all said and done, when, when that fence goes up and the last thing we gotta do is you know, put the building up, we're gonna have quite a bit of money in the bank because you've been generous. You've been given to the, 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 the building fund. Now here's the deal. Unless something crazy happens, this will be one of those five goals that, won't, that, that just won't happen by the time we get to 2021. Unless one of you right now has about four and a half million dollars in your check account, you write me a check right now, I'll walk down, hand it to Mark right now, and we'll get on that building, and probably by 2021, we could have that building up. And then we'd, we'd accomplish that goal. But uh, just planting seeds, that's all. <laughs> But that was something that was, you know, something we, we, we just had to get done. Probably not, gonna, probably not gonna happen. We're close, though. The fourth one was that we would be debt-free. Uh, when I became the senior pastor, we owed uh, uh, the bank a little over $6 million. We had a mortgage on a building out there, on a high school building. And one of the things that I'm passionate about is that we pay cash for the things that we do. Here. In other words, I just think it's you know, wise uh, not to borrow money and, um, or go into debt or whatever. And so the action step that we began to take was all the money that was coming in for the building campaign, we started taking 10% of that and throwing it at the principal of the, the note that we had out there, okay? Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to buckle your seatbelts, okay? When I turn 60 in 2021, the loan balance with just the current payments that we're making, okay, will be under $400,000, and there will only be nine payments left. We could knock that goal out. We could be debt-free as a church literally in 2021. No joke. Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> There'll come a moment when, I don't know, we'll burn the mortgage. And along the way, not only did we pay the, the, the debt off, but we also expanded ministry and got ourselves some new ministry tools. And that's all the building is. All the building is is a tool that we use to reach people, to disciple uh, people and all of that. And then you get to number one here, okay? And this is what everybody's been waiting on. Really, you made me sit through the whole sermon just to get to this. 
In 2021, when I was 60, one of the, the major things that I had written down, thought about, whatever, whatever word you want to use, is that there would be the, a, a, a handing off of the baton here at Big Valley Grace in terms of who the, who the senior pastor would be or who the lead pastor would be. And um, obviously it was something that I didn't talk about for a long time. It's not something you just willy-nilly talk about. But I knew that when I turned 60, for whatever reason, that was something that was important to me. That somehow, some way, there'd be a next generation leader who could take the reins of this place and take it to wherever it is the Lord would lead that, that individual. I, to this point, have been the senior pastor here for 13 years. In 2021, I will, be, uh, I will have been here 15 years as the senior pastor. And when I took over 13 or 14 years ago, you know, one day I walked up here and every, I was introduced and boo! <laughs> People are throwing tomatoes at me. It's like, whoa, what happened, man? Jeez. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing you. Um, and the church um, yeah, wasn't, in a, a, it wasn't in the best of places. But we know that this is the Lord's church. He's the, he's the great shepherd. We're, we're just all servants of his. And in the last, you know, 13 years, as I've ran my leg, you know, my lap, I've done the best I could. And, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of people who could have done a way better job, and some of you have let me know that over the years. And, but I, I did my best to run my leg, and my leg's not done. I'm not done. I'm coming around the final corner and I'm running my leg. And there just, um, there just came a moment where, hey, look, it's gonna take some time to find the person, just to think it all through. And so uh, uh, about, I don't know, six weeks ago or whatever it was in an elder board meeting, I just said, hey, look, guys, I think we need to put a team together of elders who begin this process of, you know, this moment. I'm, I'm going to hit the finish line. I, I don't know exactly yet. We, we've got some, some thoughts out there. But we've got to start this process. And it, it, it's not an easy one. And so uh, a, a team was put together that I'm going to introduce you to in a moment of, of our elders and, and some of our senior staff. And, man, I'm going to ask you to pray for them. Because they, they got some heavy lifting to do here over the you know, next year or whatever, whatever it is. And I, you know, I'm not going anywhere. Just my leg of being the senior pastor will be over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on as a teaching pastor here. I'm, I'm still going to be here to bother you and bug you and you know, all the things that I normally do. I'm not going anywhere. I, I, I just believe, and this is just me, I just believe that, that there's just another leader, a next generation leader that needs to take the baton, and they need to run with it. And I'll be a blessing to whoever that person is, and I'll use my gifts of teaching or whatever, whatever that, whatever those things might be. 
And I want to make sure you understand something, okay? I don't want you to leave here. We're actually going to give you a letter when you walk out that all the elders have signed. I've signed it. And it kind of reiterates this last point that I'm making so that you can go home and read it and reread it and read it again. Now, I know I've talked to half of you already on the phone and stuff, but, but, but we're going to give it to you. And then, and then we're going to mail it to you. Okay, because we know some of you will rip it and throw it out the window. We want you to get it in the mail again and read it because we want you to understand some things. We don't want you to miss, miss anything. But I, I do want you to know that this has nothing to do with the mayor's race. Nothing. I, I, I made this decision long before I thought about running for mayor. In fact, Bobby Kirchner's right down here, my executive pastor, and Bobby and I discussed this. I brought this up to Bobby, I think it was December of, of, of last year. And I want you to know something. It took a long time for me to get that out to him because that's not something you just shoot out. Bobby, I just need you to know my legs coming to an end. That, that, was, that was December 2018. In 2019, I had a conversation or a couple of conversations with the chairman of our elder board. Once again, nobody else knew because it was, man, <laughs> that's not something you just want leaking out. This is long before I decided that I was going to be salt and light in a dark place. That I was going to run for mayor, that if God wanted me to be his ambassador in that world, I'd be willing to do that. So I don't want anybody here to go, well, if you hadn't run for mayor, well, you, 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 you'd still be the pastor. No, it's not true. This was going to happen regardless. Well, what if you, what if you lose? I'm going to find you and ask why you didn't vote for me. That's what I'm going to do. No, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm going <laughs> to. It doesn't matter if I lose. It doesn't matter. This decision of asking the elders to form a team and start this, because they've never done this before. I've never done it before. It doesn't matter whether I win or lose. And so I want you to understand that. Don't leave here thinking, well, man, if he hadn't run for mayor, he'd still be here. No, I wouldn't. Same thing would be happening. I also want you to understand this has nothing to do with the elders. The elders never got a hold of me, and, and there's a bunch of them in the room right now. You're going to meet some of them. They never got a hold of me and said, hey, listen, you, you know, we don't want you to be a senior pastor anymore. No. In fact, I can tell you, they're pretty shocked when I said, hey, let's put a team together, and we've got to start this process. The elders have, have nothing to do with it. They didn't, you know, they're more mad or upset or whatever. I, want, I just want to make sure you, you understand that, that this is, this is me. This is what I believe is the, the best thing for this church and, and the best thing for me. My wife and my daughter and son-in-law and we're all over at my house last night. We're having dinner, hanging out or whatever. And I told them, listen, I, I'm... I'm super excited about my future. I'm super excited about the future of the church. I'm super excited that I'm going to be able to take, you know, the last 
piece of my vocational ministry, however long that is, and maybe focus on some things that I'm really good at. Super excited about it. I want you to know it had nothing to do with people who were critical. Oh, a bunch of people must have come to you and said something. No, they didn't. In fact, I can tell you this. I had three emails that were sent to me personally and two phone calls where people called me personally. That's five people when I said I'm going to run for mayor who were very, very gracious, very gracious, very loving friends of mine who uh, expressed concern over me doing both. Now, I'm sure a lot of you felt that way. But no, there, there wasn't, you know, a deluge of people at our door with pitchforks, you know, and yeah, that just didn't happen. And I want you to understand this. It had nothing to do with the mayors, it had nothing to do with the elders, it has nothing to do with the, the, the people. It has nothing to do with my family. Well, you know, your wife or your daughter or your kids, they were upset and they went, to, no. This, my kids, uh, I, I, I was saved here. This is the only church I have ever known. Literally, gave my life at this church. And was discipled at this church. Was educated at this church. Was the youth guy at this church. Was the men's guy at this church. Started Saturday nights right here. And then 13 years ago, I was handed this baton. This is the only church I know. My family loves this church. It's the only church my kids have known. They've all were grown, all grown up here, went to school here. My family's not upset about anything. Not one bit. Well, it was the staff. They were mad because you were running for mayor. No! Folks, I want you to understand, when you walk out these doors, this was a decision that I had made long ago, long before I decided to run for mayor. Long before. And um, I'm not retiring. I got, I, got, I, I got too much juice. I got too many things I want to do right here at Big Valley Grace. And the elders are, 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 are excited about that. And so I wanted you to make sure you understood all of that. And you're going to get this letter. It's going to explain some of it. But I'm going to ask Ryan Barr to come up here. John, is that you over there? I can't see with the light. John, yeah, John, come on up here. And Mark, come on up. Uh, Steve Landis is also. Th these are three of our elders. And I want you to appreciate these guys here real, real quick. Will you do that? Um. And there's another guy, Steve Landis, he's, he's out of town, but he's also on the team. And then you got Bobby and John and, uh, and Rick Thompson. They're, they're the staff that are a part of this team. But these are the guys that are doing the heavy lifting. They're the ones that have begun a process to go, okay, what does a timeline look like? And we do have a date that we put on this letter for all of you to look at. And that is June of 2021. Boom, it's done. June of 2021. And there's a reason why we chose June that's somewhat personal. 
But they, we're putting this together, you'll see it here. But they also have to think through, man, how do we, what do we do? Well, who is the guy? How do we pick the next guy? How does all that work? These are the guys that are leading the charge for all of the elders. And so you need to know who they are so you can be praying for them, okay? Now, we're not going to give you updates all the time. This is a long process. Okay? It's a long process. But when we do have some news to give you, and probably the next time would be the first quarter of next year, we'll give you some sort of update where we're at. We want to keep you informed, okay? And the last thing I, I wanted to say was, well, wait a minute, Pastor Rick, if, if you guys are looking to June of 2021, why are you telling us now? Here's why. You, you, you can't put a team together like this who begin to do some pretty weighty stuff and not, uh, something like this couldn't leak out. We, we had to let you know. Because we want you praying about it. We didn't want you to hear about it. And so it was just best that we break into the Job series for a week, let you all know kind of what's going on so that you could be praying so that if anybody was to say anything to you, you can say, hey, listen, I know what the truth is. Rick's not leaving. Rick's not quitting. He's going to be there next weekend. He's going to stay on. Is You'll have all the facts, and we want to make sure you had all that. Does that make, that make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. So this is what I want you to do. Uh, you got a mic. Okay. Hey, everybody stand up. Come on. Everybody stand up. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for these guys. You're going to be praying for these guys. And then I asked Ryan if he would just close our time in prayer, and then when you leave, all of the ushers and, you know, greeters are going to hand you one of these letters. Okay? That make sense? So, Father, thanks, God, for uh, tonight and for your word and how it has led me and just been a guide to my life. And, um, Lord, that, that's what the word's supposed to be, is a guide to our lives. And just those few passages that I shared were were passages that you have used to guide me over my years of ministry and how I think. Father, I want to pray for these guys right here. These are good men. And like, like not only good men, they're like my friends, and I love them, and I know they love me. And I pray you'd give them great wisdom as they start to think through some weighty stuff and protect them and watch over them, God, and may they have joy as they, as they go about what they're doing. And I look forward, God, to the future, not only my own, but the future of this church that I love so deeply. And I ask these things, Jesus, in, in, in your name. Heavenly Father, God, I just, um, I echo Rick's prayers, Lord. I, I thank you so much for him, God, for his leadership here, Father. He's just a, a, just a fantastic friend. Uh, a wonderful man and a, a great brother in Christ, Lord. It's a pleasure to uh, to serve with him on an ongoing basis, Lord. And we are we're so looking forward to this process, God, and um, seeing what you have in store for us, Father. I just pray that uh, that you just grant us tremendous wisdom, Lord. I pray that you uh, remind everyone here in this room and coming tomorrow, Lord, to pray, uh, to pray earnestly, Lord, to seek your guidance, Father, and to uh, to pray for this team. Lord, to pray for our church and to pray for whomever you've raised up to be the next leader here. 
Lord, we've got a, a process we're going to be going through, and, and uh, we're looking forward to it, God. But um, we just, again, thank you for Rick. Thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you for our family. Thank you for the blessings that you've given to this church, uh, how you just continue to show your grace and mercy. And, Father, we are excited about the future and excited about what you're going to do here, Lord. Uh, we just pray that, uh, that you just make your will uh, known clearly uh, and that we're all able to follow it uh, really, really well. Father, we thank you for tonight. We just thank you for all that you're doing. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, hey, one last thing. One last thing. Hold on. Wait. This next week, when you get to your life groups, okay, you're not allowed. Everybody, everybody raise your right hand. Raise your right hand. Okay. I promise, I promise. to not talk about this in my life group, but to talk about the things of the Lord, especially the book of Job. Okay. That's what you're supposed to do in your life groups this week. All right, get out of here. Love you guys.